0: Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and
1: the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the JTandthedon or email them at Dawn at gmail.com. Now, take it away, guys.
0: Welcome to another episode of JT and the Don. I'm the Don Donato Bucci. Thank you for tuning in, and please remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts, and please leave us a five-star review. We are not coming to you live from San Diego in the baseball winter meetings because It was simply not in our show's budget. However, we will be talking a little bit of baseball. So let me bring in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today?
1: What's going on, man? How's it going? I could be doing better. I could be in sunny San Diego if you allowed it in the budget. See, first of all, you got to stop lying to everybody. We're not in San Diego because they didn't let us in. You asked them, could we attend the winter meetings, and they said, absolutely not who the hell are you guys (laughs) that's not true the baseball winter meetings are open to everyone and anyone you know so funny you say that they always say that you know hey this is open to the public and try to show up and see what happens to you they were like do you know these guys (laughs) no all right no stand outside no
0: we could be in the lobby hotel just taking up space bring our laptops and we'd be good bro we See, won. this is
1: why I can't. This why I can't trust you. This sounds like a makeshift plan where you're like, "Don't worry, we're on the list," and then we get there, we're not on the damn list, and we got to try to sneak in, t- and there's arrests involved and all kind of shit.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, again, you're being dramatic as usual. But I'm telling you, again,
1: you're, you're 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 omitting you're omitting parts of the plan. This doesn't sound like a foolproof plan. If I fly all the way to San Diego. If we're not on the list, I'm gonna be pissed. So you're gonna hear about it the whole plane <laughs> ride home.
0: But this is what I'm telling you: there's no list. I'm serious. There's no list for this. You don't believe? All
1: right, then you don't believe. All it. right, then the next year we're going. All right, I tell you, I tell you what: one place there definitely is a list for in order to get into that's the Super Superdome in New Orleans tell you what i feel like every game they play there is just ridiculous did you watch that 49ers and saints game last week
0: the the whole thing last week the whole thing
1: i know i was i was getting my ass kicked in fan, in the fantasy playoffs and i was like you know i don't even care cuz this game is so good i feel like this was the super bowl to be honest with you well i i don't know about the
0: super bowl but nfc it championship felt, it, preview
1: it felt like it felt like that should have been the super bowl but, yeah, I mean, obviously we're talking about the Saints versus the 49ers. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy comeback win. The 49ers end up winning 48-46. Uh, to 46. And most most importantly about this game is they took over the number one overall seed in the NFC uh, after the Seahawks ended up losing that same weekend as well. So I just want to know your general just takeaway reaction to this game because there was a lot going on, a lot of stake, and there was just so many crazy big plays going on.
0: Well, once again, the Dawn of Sports was correct in his prediction.
1: Hold on, time out. Let's let, let's be clear because up until that last that last just it was an amazing just at the end of the game. You were like, shit, he he predicted this, the Saints were going to win. Like it was over was- and then they just made they just they they got away and made this improbable run.
0: I was not sweating it. Was not sweating no it. I got my I got my uh, Italian. I got my Paisan, Okay, with Jimmy G
1: at the end. What what else would I you, want? You really putting all your money on Jimmy G? <laughs> not right now. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I would was... start him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I did bench him a couple times in fantasy. Um, I was most impressed. With the 49ers play calling. Well done by Kyle Shanahan. Um, The right calls. In the right formations. At the right time. Um, You could not beat that. And. Then you look at. The 49ers defense. Shutting down. Alvin Kamara. 13 carries only 25 yards. I mean. They can shut down a running game. And that really i think was the difference was the difference in the game uh, was the running game so huge game because now the saints need to go on the road to san francisco in january bad weather outdoors
1: they showed they cannot the breeze breeze struggles in those outdoor exactly. games
0: exactly and that's why it's such a bigger game than what people realize and the bad weather is going to cause the saints to have to run it more we saw the 49ers already Shut down the run game, so I like now the 49ers' chances to much better after this week to get to the Super Bowl. One last thing though, the concern for the 49ers after this game, Richard Sherman, D. Ford probably out multiple
1: weeks, and then they lose for the rest of their season. Their starting center, Richburg. I actually saw that injury when it happened. I was like, he's done. You can just tell by the way, like when guys fall like that yeah. and they grab their knee. It, it looked bad. I was like, yeah, yeah, he was done. It. it, it the crazy thing was, at be, at the beginning of that play, I laughed because I was like, damn, this Saints defensive lineman just pancaked the shit out of this guy. And I was like, oh, no, he's really hurt. So, I mean, yeah, that's a big loss for them. Uh, he's a high-priced free agent. But I, I agree with a lot of what you said. But I, I know you don't agree with me, but I feel like we just watched the Super Bowl. Like, this game was that good. Uh, these are two of the three best teams in the league, in my opinion, with the Ravens being number one. Um, just... That's, this is what you want to see when two great teams on both sides of the ball. It doesn't matter. Like Both of these teams have great defenses. They have great offenses. Just throw it out the window. These two coaches put on a show. And really, it was down to the last second. It was an amazing game. And I just think my biggest takeaways are just exactly that. Shanahan and Peyton are the two best offensive play callers in the league. And I know in the beginning I said, Andy Reid, uh, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, was the best offensive play caller. I think that ship has sailed. I think it's Shanahan and Peyton. They make everybody on their teams look good. And just to watch them, you know, just call call these offensive game plans and just against great defenses was just something amazing to see. And another thing, like, within that offensive play calling that I saw, and I was wrong, and I'll admit this. I know we're not having, like, a confessions part in this show, but I'll admit this. I didn't say it. I've heard some other people say it, and I know I said it in the beginning of the year when I said that he wasn't worth the contract. But I feel like Michael Thomas, the the receiver for the Saints, just proved in this game and all season that he's the best receiver in the NFL. It's not even close. And, and you know what? I'll give you props. I was 100% wrong. I always thought it was good, but I thought that he wasn't good enough to carry a quarterback. He is. Any 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 team that had a mediocre quarterback, he'd be making him a pro bowler right now. He's just unstoppable, unbelievable, man. Well you and
0: Well, you said it with <clears throat> uh Sean Payton too with the play calling because you look at the Saints now, I mean, like Traequan Smith, everyone thought he'd be great last year. You know, he's not he hasn't really produced like you look at Beside, They got two players. Yeah.
1: They, they got it's either Kamara it, or Michael. Exactly, Thomas. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, and then You know, sticking with the offense, on the other side of the ball, the tight end, George Kittle, when he's healthy, I think he's the most complete tight end in the league. I mean, I don't know if you watched the game the week before. Dude, he put on, like, a blocking clinic. Like, he was killing people in the run game. And then, of course, we know he can get it done as a receiver. Like, he's the closest thing that we have to Gronk right now. And I know people want to say Kelsey's the best tight end, but this dude's complete and legit. And if he's healthy, he's an animal. Yeah. But I do agree with you about the whole, you know, playing indoors thing. I think that was a big thing. But I feel like kind of to add on to that, playing indoors at the Superdome, I feel like has prolonged Drew Brees' career and it stopped him from declining as fast. And we'll get it a little bit later as as fast as you've seen Tom Brady go off a cliff this season. I think playing with P- Sean Payton and playing indoors has helped Drew Brees a lot and also, another thing, not just this game, but it's been worrying me for a while. I think it's time to officially worry about Alvin Kamara, and I don't know what's going on with him. Like, I feel like he's regressed, and I don't know why. I think he has something like only like two touchdowns on the season, and they were both back in like week two or week one or something like that. But something's not, something's not right with him, and I don't know what it is, but if the Saints want to win a Super Bowl, they need to figure it out because he needs to get right. But he just doesn't look like the same guy for whatever reason. And I think it's like they're stuck in that position where, like, you either need to make him a workhorse or you need to, like, say, look, he's like a third down back. This is what we're going to do. But they need to figure out his role because he, it's not clear right now. And, like, the fact that he's not performing at a star level is, like, kind of holding him back.
0: It might be that he's missing Mark Ingram to carry some of the load. It, it might be that.
1: Um, or maybe, or maybe Taysom Hill's getting all the snaps.
0: <laughs> well,. Another big game from this past weekend that, at least in the second half, kind of lived up to the hype was Chiefs at Patriots. Chiefs take it 23-16. Patriots did have a chance late in the game, um, but were stopped on fourth down deep in Chiefs territory. So, JT, first thing here is what is your takeaway from that game?
1: Just to serve to the Patriots because they got screwed in this game big time.
0: <laughs> Karma, huh? Karma. Karma.
1: For all the time that the Patriots have gotten those calls that have, like, prolonged their dynasty, this is I feel like this is the ref saying, look, Bill Belichick, those checks that you send us on the regular aren't clearing anymore, so we're not making these calls for you. But, yeah, the Patriots definitely <laughs> got screwed in this game. On the Patriots side, I feel like this. Is my main takeaway is kind of – I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm late to the party – people have been saying Tom Brady's decline, the Patriots dynasty is over. I feel like this game put it in perspective for me that their dynasty is legit almost over, but I feel like it's, it's all Bob Kraft's fault. And this goes back to when they had that situation where it was between keeping Jimmy G and Tom Brady, and they decided to keep Brady, obviously, which in the short term was a good decision, but keeping, keeping Brady and getting rid of Jimmy G just to make Brady happy that's, like, keep. That's like no different than, like, the Giants keeping Eli Manning too long and when they could have gone out and got a quarterback to at least get in-house to replace him. And also, too, we talked about this before, I think they should sign A.B. And they're on their high horse. You are, too, morally about, oh, you know, he's doing all this stuff that's wrong. He shouldn't be signed by them. This game, if they had A.B., I feel like they would have won it. And it's clear they have no playmakers and no weapons. And I think that's that's hurting them. For the Chiefs, same thing I've been saying all year. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. And those that's critical in the playoffs. Like, if you can't do both of those things, you're not going to be a serious Super Bowl contender. Um, also, too, Patrick Mahomes, I, don't, I think it's because of the injury. But he hasn't been as dominant this year as he's been, like, in his MVP season the previous year. And I don't think he's played well enough to carry a team with those deficiencies, especially on run defense and in the running game on of offense. And I, I looked this up, and I was like, you know, let me see how he's doing in comparison to his MVP season. Since week week three, Mahomes, and this is not including the the two games that he missed with injury, he's had one touchdown or less in six of eight games played since week three. That's like bordering on like Aaron Rodgers' level right there. So I don't know what's going on with Mahomes, but he's clearly not playing at the same level he did last year.
0: Yeah, that's a great point you bring up about Patrick Mahomes, but I want to go back to a couple things you said real quick. Listen, it's tough to go against trade saying that the trade for Jimmy G or trading away Jimmy G was bad when you've won two Super Bowls since. I, I, do, get yeah, your, I kn- do get your, I know it's turn tough. point. It's but tough, it, but it's tough to still argue. Hey, we st- we got two Super Bowl rings when he was he was not here. So, and then the other thing about the whole AB thing, we're on we're on opposite side of the fences there. And once completely again, completely opposite. Side. I think he proves my point correct again. He has not learned. I don't know if you saw today. But he came out with multiple Twitter, uh, multiple tweets of how he's blaming everybody for his situation, even his own agent in the NFLPA. Now he threw Big Ben under the bus again, calling him a loser. Like, what have you done since you left the Steelers? You're not even on the field. So uh, again, let's not get into it. But yeah, you couldn't
1: be happier that he's not on the field.
0: <laughs> that's not that is not true. But I don't like to see that. Again, he's not remorseful. He hasn't learned. That's the thing about life is you need to learn from your actions. And we're gonna get into that in a in a couple uh in a couple minutes. But
1: Damn he, message. There we go. He hasn't look learned. At you, look at you dropping life lessons on the show. <laughs>
0: he hasn't learned. But anyway, getting back to the actual game, I'm with you. This is the first time that I'm truly doubting that maybe the Patriots aren't gonna turn it around the way they usually do because I think they truly are in trouble when you can't score 20 points at home against the Kansas City defense. Like, that is not good. You scored only 16. well, Well,
1: here's the thing. I will say this about the Chiefs defense, and I feel like everyone has kind of written them off as sorry just because their corners have been getting roasted for years. Their pass defense is not that bad. It's just the run defense. I, but I agree. And the,
0: but let's get into but the... But the
1: Patriots just can't run the ball. Well,
0: that's the thing. Let's get into the numbers. James White, six carries, 33 yards. Like, he was your leading rusher. Brady, 19 of 36. Even though... Even if you want to say the Chiefs have a good secondary or a good, you know, pass defense, that's still not efficient. 19 of 36? We, you don't see that too often. He's barely over 50% there. And... 169 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Like he is not trusting Mohamed Sanu, who they traded for. Like he's not. Would you trust Mohamed Sanu? But that's the thing: is he has no other options to trust, and that is why, uh, for the first time, probably ever since Brady took over, that I'm doubting this Patriots team. Now, JT, the bigger issue is something else happened to the Patriots on Sunday, but not. At Foxborough. Are we getting Spygate 2.0? Who
1: cares? Who cares about this?
0: So what happened was, supposedly, some Patriot personnel, not related to the football side of it, was doing a documentary on one of their coaches or player personnel guys, filming from the Browns press box down on the field when the Bengals – staff noticed this and basically now they've the nfl is reviewing the film and everything so jt what if it is true like you, you're not concerned about that
1: i mean at this point i don't care if the nfl doesn't care i don't care i mean how many times have the patriots been caught breaking or bending the rules right-handed they take away that 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 bs 30 second overall first round draft picking doesn't matter like i feel like the Patriots are in the perfect situation to where if they're doing something that's illegal like this and the NFL tries to punish them, it doesn't matter cuz first of all, they always have the last pick in the first round. They suck at drafting and Rob Kraft is too rich. So like how do you really punish them? If you're not if you're not suspending Brady or Belichick for games, then it's really not going to hurt them. But I will say this, I do feel like wrong is wrong if if any wrongdoing wrongdoing has been proven. I think there should be you know obviously some punishment. But I just feel like everybody does this now. Like everybody's trying to film somebody doing something. It's just that when they get caught, it gets brought to the light. So I'm kind of numb to it at this point. But
0: that's yeah. But that's the problem. Like how many times are you gonna let them cheat and don't give me wow? They would have beat the Bengals anyway. Well, would they? Maybe this is the reason. But they maybe this is the reason why they never stumble
1: against these teams. Donato, you could have given the Cincinnati Bengals the entire script of plays that the Patriots but are going to run. it doesn't matter. They're, if they're still do- not going to win But this game. is
0: the thinking behind it. If they're doing this for the Bengals, JT, can you imagine what they were doing? Getting ready for the, the L.A. Rams for the and the Dolphins? Super Bowl? For the Dolphins? Oh, my gosh.
1: They were stealing
0: our signals. No, but getting ready for the Super Bowl. You don't yeah, think they I had? Mean, hold on, hold on. You spoke. You don't think they had secret cameras set up in the stadium during the walkthroughs?
1: <laughs> You're making it sound like the Patriots of the Midnight Black, like they got secret. <laughs> I heard some. I heard. You know, so funny you said that. I read something today where they were saying that. Um, who is it? Somebody came out. Was it Reggie Wayne or somebody came out and said that? Oh, the Patriots went so far the cheating that they were like call ahead and have something set up in the hotel rooms of the like the opposing team where they can get the playbooks. I was like, "Come on, like they you make it seem like they're like the CIA, like they're not that sophisticated." Hey, look at what
0: the Houston Astros have been doing. I mean, you never know. You never know. But the other thing too is I don't want to hear, "Well, maybe other teams should start doing this." And you know, like, "No, if it's against the rule, it's against the rule. You can't have just mass chaos and everyone's doing whatever they want."
1: Like. Man is such a stickler for the rules. So, but I tell you what, one thing we don't have to worry about being videotaped is the game film from all the teams in the NFC East. <laughs> Can we admit this might be the worst division in football cuz you can't say it's the AFC East cuz at least we look competitive and those teams look, you know, pretty decent to watch.
0: Well, Buffalo, Buffalo saves your division. So, Buffalo yeah, Dolph- saves your division, but I agree. The NFC Dolph- East, Dolphins
1: are a fun team to watch. They you, are. You, you but, can admit it.
0: Yes, I agree. NFC East definitely the worst division this year.
1: Yeah. So obviously we're talking about the NFC East. So let's just take a look at the records in this division right now. So the Cowboys sitting at amazing six and seven. The Eagles are at five and seven thanks to the Dolphins. Well, they're uh, hold
0: on. They're six and seven. You
1: forgot. I'm sorry. You six Monday and night. seven. You forgot Monday. Oh night. yeah, they came back. They came back one. I they thought came, they lost that game. Yeah. Sorry. So, Cowboys and Eagles tied at six and seven as the, the division leaders. Washington's at three and ten, while the Giants at two and ten.
0: Two and eleven. That's okay. You, two and eleven. You sorry, missed the Monday night game. We I didn't think, expect so you to boring. watch it.
1: Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> uh, there's a real possibility of a division winner being six and ten. So, I just want your thoughts on that, and then kind of to add on to that, does something need to change with the playoff? as far as like the teams and divisions do you really want to see a team with a losing record get into the playoffs just because they won the division
0: well you're right worst division NFC East this year i think i still think i didn't it, think
1: I, I really didn't think you were going to agree with me on that but I, thank
0: you i do i do i still think the cowboys will win the division um i still think it's theirs to to lose it but i think they'll hang on to it i'll tell you one guy i do like though from the eagles I don't know if you I know you didn't watch the Monday night game, but Boston Scott, I think they may have found something with him in terms of him being dynamic and like a spark
1: plug. Uh you were going to say you're, something? You're 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 going to amp up one bench player because he played in a week what 13 14 game against the New York Giants. <laughs> he he's just going to be a breakout L- stud. Listen I'm not saying a stud, but I like I said, they found. You're mentioning something him, him. You're mentioning him on the show, so obviously you're impressed. Yeah, and you're probably thinking about drafting him next year <laughs> in fantasy.
0: I don't know. We'll see how these last few games go. I might, um, but JT, do you? Maybe you'll agree here. I think you will. I think it's starting to show how much they miss Frank Reich and John Filippo Now, I think the offensive side of the ball has not been as good this year. As the prior years, and I think it may be because of the play calling and the offensive coordinators that they have lost. Um, As far as your other question, the playoffs—listen, don't change anything. Like this happens, what, once every ten years? Like sometimes sports are unfair. Like you might go nine and seven in a division winner.
1: He's like, he's like, sometimes sports isn't fair.
0: Don't complain. This just happens. Like if a team goes nine and seven as a wild card, doesn't make it and the division winner seven and nine. Hey, that happens. Like who who would you put in at this point? Like who would you put in? You're going to put in the Bears at what are they seven and six?
1: Like that shoot, would shoot the way Trubisky's playing. I mean, that's
0: your only other option.
1: But I mean, I get you. Side note, you brought up a good point, and I didn't notice this because obviously I'm not an Eagles fan, but I noticed this. It just so happens the eagles have just been a popular topic lately so you know when i post stuff about them on social media you know eagles fans come and they comment and that's the one thing i've consistently heard that you brought up is that d Filippo and then frank wright being gone you know on the offensive side of the ball calling the plays and being involved in the game plan like that's really affected their team and like the eagles fans know this and they really feel like that's like the reason they're struggling they don't think it's carson wins they don't think it's the defense. They think it's the fact that those two guys are not there and they're just not a part of the offensive game plan anymore and they think that's why they're struggling. But I'll keep it short. I, I agree with you. I don't. This happens very rarely, so I don't think they should change anything. You know how hard it is to win a division? Like These are literally the same teams you play every year, twice a year. So to, to win that gauntlet in any division is tough, except for the AFC East usually. So I think they should leave it the same. I don't think anything should change. But I'll tell you what one thing that should change and probably will change is Odell Beckham needs to get the hell out of Cleveland. And I don't, I don't know how we didn't see this turn into a train wreck, but this is ridiculous. So, you know, we know OBJ is having a bad season. Everybody knows that he's unhappy. Baker Mayfield sucks. Cleveland is not what everyone thought they were going to be this year. And now there there's reports coming out that OBJ during this season has told opposing players and coaches, that he's available for trade and to come get me. So, with that being said, and the the dumpster fire that is annually the Cleveland Browns, like what do you make of this whole situation? First, I want to go back to the so you were talking about social
0: media. I want to give you a shout out and some props for doing such a great job on with our our social media at JT and the Don. So, JT, great job. And for the listeners out there, if you don't know already, please follow us. Our handle, JT and the Don, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So, what do I make of it? Well,
1: look at it, Look at this guy trying to give compliments because he knows he's going to try to be mean in about uh, 10 seconds. I'm Go never, ahead.
0: I'm never mean to you. Just ask the fans. Uh, yeah, right. So, he, I think he was just telling defensive coaches, like, come get me. Like, meaning come for me on the field because I'm about to put up a big game. Like, I think this may have been taken out of context. <laughs> what? I, I'm just saying. Hold on, hold
1: on. All I got to say is have you seen the video of him and Jimmy G from earlier this year well, when, the, when the Browns played the Niners? I'm, I'm going to get to that. Now, being more realistic, all right, he may have said
0: this uh, to the 49ers because they did play them in October, and that would make sense because – I think you were getting to this. He wanted to be traded to them before, and he has much respect for Kyle Shanahan. Um, and he does have a good rapport, it seems like, with Jimmy G. So this would be no surprise here. Like, uh, you know, there there's rumors um, that he wanted to be traded, that he didn't want to be traded to Cleveland to begin with. So obviously now he wants out. and But this is the other thing. I'm starting to believe that, he will never be happy and part of it stems from i think he regrets going to miami on the day off before uh during the playoff week when he was
1: why does everybody make such a big deal about that they were going to lose that game anyway to green bay but you didn't back it up
0: he dropped three pat what three passes in that game like you do that, you got to back it up and you know that. Come on. That's like you guaranteeing a victory and then you don't show up and your team gets beat. Like, yeah, your guarantee wasn't the reason why you lost, but if you're going to do that, you got to back it up. That's
1: just the way it is. Uh So, I disagree with you. I don't think he was out there telling the coordinator. Of course you do. So 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 I I, I What's the nicest way for me to say this without being mean to you? Because because never- you are like a you are like a brother to me, but we're gonna take the we're gonna take the kid gloves off. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> so the guy who's having a terrible year by his career standards, he's not getting the ball. He's out there telling defensive coordinators, yeah, just come and get me because I'm getting the ball (laughs) on."
0: But you missed the – disclaimer. hold on, hold on. You missed the disclaimer. You missed the disclaimer. After I said they're taking it out of context, I said, okay, being more realistic, and then I did my whole spiel. So go ahead, even though you weren't paying attention. I mean,
1: I am paying attention. But to be honest with you, it is what it is. He's just tired of losing. And like you said, he never wanted to go to Cleveland. And I just believe he said it when he was in New York and he's saying it now. I just think he always really wanted to go to the Patriots and play with Tom Brady. And I think the fact that just like Jarvis Landry said, Adam Gase threatened him and said, look, I'm shipping you to Cleveland to die. And I think that's what Dave Gettleman did to OBJ. He shipped him to Cleveland to die. And I think what prolonged and kind of delayed this eruption is I think when They initially traded him to Cleveland. He just thought Baker Mayfield was good. And he's like, you know what? All right. I don't want to be in Cleveland per se, but at least Baker's there. They're hot. My boy Jarvis is there already. They got a good team. It's on the rise. And I think, like people did in the beginning of the season, and he did it as well. I think he just overestimated how good Baker was. And now he's getting to the point where he doesn't trust Baker at all, doesn't think he's a good quarterback. And if you hooked him up to a polygraph, I guarantee you he would tell you, he would say that Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback than Eli Manning was. And the numbers back it up. Like, you look at OBJ's numbers this year, where they played 13 games. He's got 59 receptions, 844 yards, and two touchdowns. His last year in New York in 12 games, he had 77 catches, over 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. And to take it even a step further, and this to me, this is all on Baker, and this is why I think OBJ is pissed off. In 59 career games with Eli, he's only just twice had two career games under 30 yards receiving with Eli Manning. In 12 games this year with Baker, he's already at three. So obviously, I know we want to you know, shit on Eli Manning and he's done. Obviously, he's not as cooked as Baker Mayfield is because he's literally having a regression in every category in his worst year with the Browns. And we knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time before he just went off because he's a diva. He's a ticking time bomb, and they should do anything they could <laughs> to get rid of him because it's obviously not going to work. And also, sign on Baker. I told you that he was doing too much this off season with the whole Duke Johnson thing, and I feel like he's doing too much. Like he just called out the training staff to say, "Oh, you guys misdiagnosed Odell's like." potential sports hernia injury. I just think that he's just getting tired of Baker. Like his play's not backing up his attitude. He's too cocky. And he just really needs to hope they trade him. He's taking a page out of Antonio Brown's playbook.
0: Yeah, I think Baker was trying to like look out for Adele Beckham with those comments and then instead he threw the he threw the uh medical training staff under the bus.
1: <laughs> but I feel like he was looking out for Adele because Baker Mayfield's like, you know what, I suck. I'm kind of the reason well, he's unhappy, but let me yeah, throw the blame somewhere else. Yeah, like, yeah. what do you always say? Like, oh, uh, you always say like like during like fantasy trades, I'm like distracted. Yeah, yep. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to like do like a magic show, bait and switch. Right. That's what's going <laughs> on. Uh, yes or no? You think he gets traded this offseason? season? Ye- I would have said no earlier, but now yes. Yeah, I think he gets traded as well. He gets traded to the Dolphins. Sticking with uh, the NFL. You should have real... kept that for your Hail Mary prediction. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> nah, 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 man. I can't curse us like that. If he comes here, he'll definitely ruin the team. I don't wanna I don't want him to tear apart what we're building right now. So let's stick in the NFL and let's go to Michael Vick, uh, who the NFL announced that he'll him, Terrell Davis, Daryl Green, and Bruce Smith will be honorary captains for the twenty twenty Pro Bowl. Of course, anytime Michael Vick's name is in the news there's always controversy. So animal rights activists and hundreds and thousands of other people are trying to get the NFL to change its mind about Vic being a captain. They're actually have a petition. I think it's got over half a million people signed signed it so far. Uh, we know Vic had the whole issue with dog fighting. He went to jail, um, lost his job in the NFL, but then came back. But that was so long ago. With that being said, do you think people have gone too far with protesting Michael Vick for this long period of time so
0: initially once all the information came out about the dog fighting that you know Michael Vick um was kind of the leader of you know I totally understood the animal rights activists um for their distaste of Michael Vick including myself right i mean you never want to see that um to to animals so initially Totally understood their their point of view. Now, however, you know as a society, and I know you're going to laugh at me for this and say, "Oh, he's on his soapbox or whatever." No, I'm just going
1: (laughs) to laugh at you because it's you and it's easy to laugh at you. Thanks. See, such a nice guy you are.
0: Like as a society, if we want people to change for the good, then you cannot keep holding the bad things that they've done in the past uh, against them and. It seems because it will never allow that person to move on. Like, why would I do good if you're, no matter what I do, I I could do everything right. I could change the world if you're always going to hold the one, like one thing against me. Like, why would I move on? Why would I try to get better at that point? So like, it's like in a relationship, right? If someone cheats and, but the other person forgives them initially and they get back together, then the person that forgave the cheater Cannot keep throwing that back in their face when, like, they do something wrong themselves. Like, because it just will be toxic for the relationship. So, plus, he did his time, faced his consequences. And the other thing in society, we are willing to give people, especially here in America, like a ton of second chances, third, fourth chances on almost anything. It seems like, except for Michael Vick. And again, I, I, Cannot believe what he initially did. With the dog fighting. Like just, just terrible. Like the poor dogs. Um But you know. If you take this. If you take something away like this from him. And challenge his success on everything. Again why would he change for the better then. Like he seems to be. Honest. In terms of his apology. And sincere. That he knows he was wrong. And he's trying to do better. And like. We almost wish that people would be this tough on people that have like committed, you know, domestic violence acts on racism, like people that destroy the environment. Like, I don't think like we're giving those people second, third, fourth chances, but not
1: Michael well, Vick. Well, let's, I mean, I'll let you finish up, but I just well, always I, liking I, it go, too. No, go ahead, you, go ahead. No, I'm saying I was always liking it too. So let's stick within that same team when he was there. Michael Vick, who already had served his time in prison, essentially lost all the money he made in the NFL and had to earn his way back onto the Eagles roster. People were still protesting. They were upset. But then Riley Cooper, his teammate, has that incident at the – was it Kenny Chesney concert where he uses the N-word and other racial slurs? Yeah, yeah. And everybody was okay, and he got a contract extension on the same team. So, I mean – now, and, granted, I mean, nobody's-
0: now, granted, Riley Cooper is out of the league, but I guarantee you. if It's, if not, it's e- not
1: because they protested. Well, it right. But what sucked. I'm saying
0: is if, like, he goes – if Riley Cooper goes back for a ceremony at the Eagles, they're not going to be booing
1: him. Oh, know? they're going to be cheering him.
0: Exactly. And it's like he got a second chance, but Michael Vick can never seem to get that second chance with, with anybody.
1: Yeah, but I will say this, and I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, and I'm, this is not me being insensitive i'm just not a dog person but i understand how people feel about their dogs and trust me dog dog lovers love dogs and i can understand what how they feel what he did was wrong and in in my honest opinion i know you can make the whole argument of you know in certain cultures like dog fighting is normal just like in certain cultures animal hunting like hunting deer and all that stuff is is normal too, so like I don't judge people on both sides. It's just, an, it's just a matter of, you know, which one do you feel an affinity for more? Obviously, people feel feel an affinity more for dogs because more people own dogs, but I feel like it's it's just gone too far. Like, what else? Like you said, what else does Michael Vick have to do? He lost a fortune, declared bankruptcy, went to prison, came back, has kept his nose clean, has been an activist for animal rights awareness. I mean, you want to talk about a guy messing up royally and then walking the straight and narrow. I've never seen a story like this in sports where somebody has come back and not only gotten in trouble or been a repeat offender, but he's become a better person. Like, Michael Vick at the end of the day is going to be one of those guys where it's like, you know what, anybody that's in trouble in the NFL, we're probably going to be suggesting him up there with, like, Tony Dungy with people to go and talk with. Like, he's transformed to that point in his life where he's just – turn things around that much but for people to be protesting this many years later because he's a pro bowl captain like that's ridiculous like this is still one of the best athletes and most exciting players ever played in the nfl did he make a mistake absolutely but there's a lot of people that make mistakes are people there's people that have killed people in the nfl lawrence lawrence taylor oh my gosh how many crazy things that he's has, has he done he can still go anywhere and he's beloved uh bill romanowski how many crazy things has, has he done if he can show up anywhere right now and still people will love him so i think that i know people love dogs but at some point you gotta forgive you don't have to forget but you have to forgive and acknowledge that this man is truly 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 you know repented and been sorry for for what he did and you have to give him a second chance because to me if michael vick can't get a second chance then i feel like most people don't deserve second chances because most people aren't gonna go out and make a concerted effort to make the changes publicly that he's done. And I think it's outrageous. And I really want to offer up that question. I know people love dogs, and what he did was ridiculous. But there's another camp that feels, you know, like I said, people go out and they hunt all the time. They hunt deer, you know, all these animals that don't need to be hunted.
0: Well, right, but the difference there is it's not illegal by law to hunt deer, yeah, I mean, but yeah, there are in some I, I, get, areas, I get,
1: I get, I get, but you, but I mean that's kind of semantics at that point. It's like, oh, it's not no, illegal not, to shoot to shoot a deer, but why we do it? Like, it's there's it's well, no point to do it. Not really. If you I, care, if there, you if you care about animals, I'm, and I'm well, not, not. But, I want, but if, there's and reasons. When I say this, there's reasons behind.
0: I, I, there there are some reasons behind the deer
1: hunting thing. But, but also, when I when I say this, I don't. I want to make this 100 percent clear, and then I'll let you go. I don't want to dismiss violence against dogs with saying that, oh, I'm trying to say, well, people are doing it to deer, so it should just be okay. I'm not saying that. I'm saying is if you're going to be ruthless and angry at Michael Vick for this because you care about the dog because it's an animal, then you have to be – why are you not like that with all animals? Like, they're all helpless. They're all in that same situation. Like, why are you not feeling that same affinity for all animals if you are – animal rights activist well
0: I just think it's because of his status right he's a celebrity I think that's a huge part of it and and this is a chance for it to you know be brought out to the public much more than just if someone who's not a celebrity, goes deer hunting or, you know, lion, you know, lion hunting or something. So
1: I mean, there's I mean, there's people out there that are hunting endangered species I and like it on social media. I don't I, see them boycotting them. So I,
0: I know. I know. And I think the thing is, because Michael Vick is such a big sports celebrity still because he's making all that money and people hate that, uh, that, that, you know, that might be. But I do think, listen, at some point it seems like he's doing all the right things. You, you got to, you know, start to give him a break. Um so JT, let's switch over to some baseball even though it's cold up here in the northeast. I know it doesn't matter. Oh, it's matter. cold down here. <laughs> See, you always got to bring that, that up. I was trying to beat you to the punch. But even though it's cold up here, let's talk some baseball spring summer feelings. Um The winter meetings, like we said, going on in San Diego, no, we are not there. I blame JT for that. Uh, Initially, one of the biggest things out of the winter meetings was Steven Strasburg signing, re-signing with the Nationals, seven years, $245 million. So, JT, first question to you is, was this a good move by the Nationals?
1: Um, Initially, I was going to say no just because – Like, when I think of Strasburg, I think about his career in totality and, like, how he struggled in the beginning of his career with, like, injuries. But then you look at, you know, what he's done since 2012. Like, he's been really good. I think he's been one of the best pitchers in the game. He's averaged something like 28 starts over the last eight seasons. And, like, when he's out there, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. Like, his ERA is really good. Um, All the numbers are really good. I think he's something like fourth in strikeout rate, like, over the past eight years. So, like when you have a guy like that, they already thought he was going to be this when they drafted the number one overall when he first came out. So for him to actually, you know, get healthy, get his game together, and you know, prove it, and then of course win him a World Series and be the MVP, yeah, that's a no-brainer. You got to keep guys like that in house.
0: Well, I'm a little
1: torn here, and I know you're not going to like this answer because but... of the money, because of the big contract. I know. <laughs>
0: well. I'm going to say yes and no. I like the move, but I don't at the same time. I like it because he was probably the, probably the biggest reason they won the World Series, right?
1: I mean, Oh, without a doubt.
0: So, it's like you have to keep him. How do you let that star, the World Series MVP walk away? Like you got to resign him. The, the Nationals were like in a no-win situation there in terms of what to do. So, he will still be a good you know, fit for them. And he will still be a great pitcher for at least, I would say, three to four years. Now, I'm concerned and worried about the back end of the contract when you're still paying him, what, like 30, what is it, 30, 35 million a year, over over 30 million a year toward that back end. And then the other part I don't like about it, probably even more important than just the back end of the contract is, if I'm a Nats, a Nats fan or even in their front office, I think I would rather have Rendon. Because he's an everyday player, he's younger, and doesn't quite have that injury concern that a pitcher would have uh, for the arm, especially a pitcher of Strasburg that has the history. So that's why it's yes and no for me, but we're going to see in seven years if if it was the right move or not. Um, Now, JT, so far, what would you say? And I know there's a lot of free agents still out there, but some of the big ones have been signed now. Who would you say right now is the best what is the best signing right now so far?
1: Um, I don't
0: is it okay if I say
1: I don't think there have been really any bad signings yet?
0: No, no, I said the best. Mean, What's the best sign?
1: Oh, best, 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 sorry. Um again,
0: he's not paying attention, but go ahead. I'll
1: listen to I the am show. paying <laughs> attention. Um uh, I actually did like the Philly signing uh Didi Gregorius. Uh he played with the Yankees. I always thought he was a good player. He, He's good at the plate. He's good on defense. Um, I think he'll be good for the infield, and they need as much all-around help as they can to help Bryce Harper not be a train wreck in his second season. So, I think it was something like a, I think it was a one-year deal. So they get to see what he's got. I just thought it was like a nice, like little shrewd move. You know what? You stole my answer, bro. Great, oh, job, really? great job, oh, by you. Right. Yeah, right. he signed yeah, a
0: yeah. one-year, $14 million deal. It's basically a, a prove-it deal by the Phillies, and they're in a great situation there. Plus, this is something to keep in mind, they didn't have to surrender any draft picks to the Yankees for him because Didi was not offered a qualifying offer. If they had given a qualifying offer, the Yankees would have been compensated for it. Uh, for him being signed by the Phillies. So this was a win-win for the Phillies because they didn't have to surrender any draft picks and he fills a hole that they need. And, you know, it's a one-year deal. If he doesn't pan out, you move on. If he does, you might steal the division. So I'm with you there. Uh, What would you say is the worst signing so far?
1: And that's what I was saying. Is it okay to say that I don't think that any of the deals have been
0: really that bad yet? All right, I mean, you know, that's not what the
1: fans I mean, want to hear. I mean, you but okay, go. I mean, the Gos the Gosman deal with the Giants, maybe, because that means they're gonna have to move Correa. But I don't know, man. I-, I feel like the contracts that have been out of control so far are what we expected. And those guys are pretty good, so I haven't seen a worse deal yet. But I'm pretty sure you got somebody that you're hating on.
0: It's not that I'm hating on, cause yeah, th- he's hating. This he's is actually a-, a a Kane's guy, but. The Yasmani Grondahl, I'm not sold on that deal. Four years, $73 million. I think that's a little bit too much for a catcher who's already 31. I mean, their bodies age faster than other uh, positional players in baseball. And the White Sox already have James McCann. So, I just, even though Grondahl has been one of the best catchers since 2015, like, Again, how much longer can he keep it up paying him, what is it, 17 and a half, almost 18 million a year? Like, you already have a catcher. Plus, they need pitchers. So, like, if that's what they need, they should have saved that money and go after a couple pitchers, which I know we're going to name a couple here coming up. But, like, that's what they needed. And instead, they just added depth to their catcher position. Like, yeah, James McCann isn't the greatest, but... When you need pitching, I think that would have helped out
1: James McCann and the rest of the team. Like I said, he's going to pick somebody to hate on. But good points, <laughs> by the way. Good points.
0: Thanks. Um, so let's talk real quick about the Garrett Cole contract. Um, nine years, $324 million to the Yankees. JT, just real quick, what are your initial thoughts on it?
1: My initial thoughts is I know you don't want to give me credit for this, but I promise you, and I, sh- I showed you this morning, when I did my notes on Monday – and you asked me, because the original question was, where was Garrett Cole going to go? And I said, he's going to get the biggest contract of all time from the Yankees, thirty-five to $40 million a year. And I sent you that. I know you still don't believe I wrote that down in advance, but I did. But to be honest with you, I think that this was probably one of the best moves the Yankees have made that in a long time that I can remember. Because they're always notorious for spending money on these big free agents because they have the budget. And I feel like Cole's that guy that can go out there and get it done. Sabathia just retired, right? And they, they've been dying for a pitcher to be dominant for so long. And I think Garrett Cole can do it. So if you're going to annually pony up this, you know, all this money and pay these big free agents, go after the guy who just showed you he can shut it down in the playoffs when it matters most. most. Great move by them.
0: It, it may have been a great move by them, but can I just tell you how sick I
1: am because like, the pirates, because the pirates don't have him anymore.
0: <laughs> it's not just that, but it's even if we did.
1: Don't let him fool you guys. It's all about the pirates. Even if we go. did, and it's he, all about that. Okay, can I go now?
0: Even if he did, and he pitched the way he did, and was you know a Cy Young winner, we would not have been able to kept to keep him. We would not have been able to keep him. All right, so. That's what bothers me because you got Yankee fans calling in. Red Sox fans are excited. Dodger fans are excited. Braves fans are excited angel fans are excited yeah what about your miami marlins what about the pirates what about the hey we got we got a plan we we
1: annually do this but But, we got two we got two world series but the thing
0: but the thing is you may never see one again what fun is that like what's the point of that i saw the first two i didn't expect to get that you're not competitive year in and year out this is what makes football so good when will baseball understand that Yes, it's great when the Yankees and Red Sox are good, but when they're good every year, you're losing the fans that are on the fence. And I know some people are like, oh, who cares about them? You know who cares about them? The owner's pockets. The commissioner's pockets. All right? Like, they have to figure out a way where in December, the cities like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, are not just like, Oh, it's all about football, right? Giant fans are Jet, and Jet fans are Mets and Yankee fans, and they can't wait till opening day. You know who doesn't care? The average baseball fan in the cities of Minnesota. They're rooting for the Vikings right now. They don't really care what's going on with the Twins, and that is the problem because they should well, be caring. Well, I
1: mean. In all honesty, if you were a Twins fan, you wouldn't care because they always let you down.
0: But it doesn't matter. If they get a Garrett Cole-type guy, maybe they won't let me down. But you know what? I We can't get a Garrett Cole-type guy because of the way baseball is set up with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Like, it, it was just kind of sickening to listen to all these fans, how excited they were. And it's like, it's five cities. It's five cities. LA, Atlanta, Boston, New York, Chicago. Right there. Those were the five cities calling in how excited they were. MLB, can they can't sustain and keep up with the NBA and NFL. Like it's it, Eventually, they're not going to be able to sustain this.
1: He's I, clearly pissed off. That I Gary am. Cole I am. Okay. That, that was anymore. my venting. That, that, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> Garrett Cole's not a pirate anymore. He's been pissed off for six months.
0: That's my venting of the day. So, JT, real quick, where does right now – He's not signed as of the time of this show. So where do you think Anthony
1: Rendon goes? I think he's going to the Astros, and I think it's, I think it's going to be more evident now that they just signed Strasburg today. Big deal. Uh, I think that's where he ends up.
0: Wait. Oh, you mean the Nationals? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay in the state of Texas, but I'm gonna go with the Rangers. He is a Texas native, um, but the Rangers need to add a star to help them open their new ballpark in 2020. Um, I think they're going to do a shorter deal, but with a, with a really
1: high uh, average annual. Per, yeah, per annual average. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so at least we both got him going back to Texas. I do think he's going home.
0: Okay. Uh, Madison uh, Bumgardner, where
1: you got him going? So this is weird to predict because we talked about this before, and I, I don't obviously he's not the same player he was when he was dominant, but there's reports that he's asking for a five-year, nine-figure deal, so he's got to go to somebody that can spend the money. My heart wants to say that he's going to go to the White Sox, but I just feel like he seems like the type of guy he'll end up in Atlanta with the Braves. Ooh, okay. I'm
0: going to go – I'm going to keep him on the West Coast to the rivals of the Giants. I'm going to have him going to the Dodgers because, according to Ken Rosenfall of the Athletic and MLB Network, he is their focus, and I just think they can offer him the most. Um, so – of, I think, the remaining teams that are interested in him. So I think he's going to take the money. Uh, do you see any trades of big-name players happening, um, let's just say prior to opening day? Or yeah. I should say, yeah, let's prior to opening day.
1: Yeah, I actually see two. Um, I don't know how this is going to work, but I can somehow see Francisco Lindor uh, getting traded to the cardinals and like some kind of like blockbuster deal because it kind of goes to what you were saying about these small market teams they can't afford these big rising stars and you know he's in a small market they're not going to be able to afford him and i feel like they'll move him at some point i think that between now and like the end of the season they'll have like four times to move him so i feel like now's a good time to do it they're probably going to get the most for him right now and then i don't know how they get this done, but I think the Red Sox find somebody to take on David Price's contract, and they find some way to get rid of him.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll go with two then. All right. I'll, I'll ante up because you did it. Of course, I knew that was the J th- JT thing, so I was going well, to well, prepare well, for Well, that. the
1: question was – hold on, hold on. Talk so everybody knows out there that he's he's just trying to you know, be difficult. The question was, do you see any trades of big-time players, plural, happening? Not player, player. All
0: I'm saying is, I knew you would have more than one, so I did. I did the same, just so you know, just to have it. I'm pretty sure he
1: had two or three before he even (laughs) thought about what I was going to say.
0: I'm going to go Chris Bryant to the Nationals. All right, Um, they have inquired about him, and obviously, it looks like they're going to lose Rendon. And this is the thing: he's still under contract for at least one more year, so he's at a at a discounted rate that the Nationals could afford, and he may actually be under contract for two more years because MLB needs to decide his service time, which will dictate if he's under one more year or two more years uh, under his current contract. The other guy I think is Corey Kluber. I think he's going to go to the Dodgers because the Dodgers lost out on Cole. His contract is reasonable, 17 and a half this year, and then a club option for 2020 or I'm sorry, this year coming up $17.5 million, and then uh, I think the club option after the 2020 season. So that's that's a great situation for them. They can get rid of him after just one year and they may not have to give up too, too much for him. So,
1: Do, do you, you feel bad for the Dodgers? I feel like people are not going to want to go there as big free agents because they know Clayton Kershaw is still there. They <laughs> know how that how that whole story is going to end. No, like, They could have the, the biggest super team of no. all time and it's like, you know what? No. i, I going to be one hundred and forty you know, They're like, all right, <laughs> right, this guy's on the mound, pressure most pressure field moment. Nah. Shit, it's a loss.
0: Don't do him like that. Nah. He's I, doing I himself think.
1: like that. I don't
0: I don't think. I, I actually don't think so. But you know what? You may be right there. That's actually a good point. Never thought of that. Maybe that's why none of the none of the free agents are going there.
1: Cause it makes sense. I mean, they're loaded. If somebody if Garrett Cole went to the Dodgers right now with that team they have, there's no way they're not their favorite, like prohibitive favorite. Yeah. Yeah, And the fact that they're not even considered going there, I think it's because Kershaw's still there. Mm. They should get rid of him, like I said.
0: Well, I don't know if I
1: agree totally with that last comment. Of course there. you don't because you <laughs> never do. That would mean you would have to give me credit.
0: <laughs> so the Astros, lot of rumors, not just rumors, but a lot of reports out there about the sign stealing. J2, just briefly, without getting into all of the, we won't get into all of the details about it, or about what should happen or what will happen. But does it diminish? Let's say some of it is true. Part of it is true. Half of it is true. Does it diminish their 2017
1: World Series? To me, yeah, because I feel like sign stealing in baseball is like a major advantage. So, I mean, that's essentially how you can flip a series. So, yeah, if if there's any truth to this, absolutely it diminishes their World Series title.
0: I'm going to say no, because, like, does anyone diminish the Patriots Super Bowls?
1: They no. do. They, no, they just keep winning nah. them. <laughs> like, it's hard to diminish, like, it's a, four out of five. You so, <laughs> can say all you want. That's a good point. But, like, still, even
0: after the first couple, no one was diminishing theirs. And, like, in 20 years, people will forget about this. But the World Series title will still stand. Like, you know, your kids in 20 years, 25 years, unless you bring it up consistently, like, no one's going to even know this happened. So – to me, that means it's not a it. It doesn't diminish it, and I am not in favor of this at all. Like, if it's true, they do need to be punished. It need it needs to be more than just a slap on the wrist because they basically need to set an example. Because you're right, this is a no no
1: in baseball, though. A no no. Now, I just want everybody to know he told me without going too deep into the details. So, so, so he's saying that it's not going to diminish their title. Cool.
0: But the difference between you and I, I can get through it real quick. You love to go on your oh. tangents.
1: Oh, because that wasn't a tangent. Good, <laughs> good stuff, though. That was good information. <laughs> oh,
0: Now you're trying to be nice to me. Real quick, are the Yankees, in your opinion, the favorite now to win the World Series in 2020? Oh,
1: I mean, I don't know. They lost Sabathia, but Cole is a is a hell of an addition. If those bats can stay healthy, yeah, I think they are.
0: Yeah, right now it is. I think depends on the other pieces, the other free agents where they go. But right now, yeah, I, they've got to like, be. Like they've if you're telling
1: be. me, look, I'm going to build a team with Cole, Judge, and um, Stanton, and I'm playing in that ballpark, and they're all going to stay healthy. Yeah, they got to be the favorites.
0: Well, they got Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Lemayhew. They got they got a lot of pieces. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you're telling Chapman me like I have the, those three back guys. End.
1: Yeah, yeah, those three guys in that park, they're going to be healthy. Like, that's that's playoff baseball right there. They got the bats, and they got the pitching to win a few games.
0: Yeah. Um, JT, you know, one of my, like, top three favorite sports, is sp- well, to watch, because I've never done it, to watch is boxing. Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, part two, the rematch occurred this past weekend. Basically, Anthony Joshua. I watched the whole fight. Um,
1: I don't think you did, JT. Oh, did, so, did you get did you get it on Dawson? I did. There you go. You got it. You got it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is such shit. Why was this fight at like two o'clock? This should have been like a nighttime fight. That made no sense.
0: See, this JT. I don't want to call you out on this, but you do realize it was not in the states, right?
1: All right, whatever. <laughs> that's how much I, that's how much I didn't care about this fight. It
0: was. It was. Uh. It was overseas. So. Joshua basically controlled the ring, had a totally different approach than the, than the first fight and he dominated the shape. He' <laughs> dominated the match. he came in, I believe like 15 pounds lighter. Andrew Ruiz came in like 18 pounds more than he did last fight. So JT, what was your reaction when you found out uh, the uh, the decision?
1: Well, I was shocked because I knew you, you brought up the point that Joshua got in shape. Like, you look at him, you're like, oh, he's in great shape. But, like, his whole thing has been staying at that high level of a fighter throughout the whole entire match. And, like, I think he did a good job. But I i, I know I posted it about this in our social media. It was Ruiz gaining more weight than he already had and him admitting that he thinks the weight gain was a problem as to why he lost the match. And, like, I think that's why <laughs> Joshua was able to control the fight. Because the guy who was already overweight and beat you the first time got more overweight, so he was more out of shape. And then you lost some weight, and you were already in shape, so it just was a bad recipe. So he's beating up on the fat guy. So I I, I didn't didn't think it was that impressive, but that was just my overall reaction.
0: Well, one thing I was impressed by Joshua was he finally started to show he could box from beginning to end, not just fight. Right? There's a difference between He could last the whole fight. Yeah, there, there's a difference between fighting and boxing. He showed he could box, be that technical boxer, and it was actually impressive. He stuck to the game plan. I would love to see if he could do this against like Tyson Fury or even more, even more so for me against Deontay Wilder. Like,
1: no, no, don't do it to him. Because, first of all, you're asking him to fight somebody that's actually in shape. Fury's not <laughs> as out of shape as Ruiz. He'd get killed. But
0: Fury of the three may be the best all-around boxer of the oh, three of Oh, for sure. These.
1: For sure. Don't let his physique but, fool you. Fury right, is a monster. Right.
0: And that's why I would like to see Joshua see if he could try to outbox uh, Fury or even Wilder. Now, you said Ruiz admitted that he, he actually partied too hard and ate everything. That's what his own quote was. He ate everything everything
1: how is that any different from like the last fight
0: <laughs> I don't that's actually a good question that's a good point I don't know we should have asked him that um but I mean this was just awful for a champ like he did he not learn from Buster Douglas after Buster Douglas beat Tyson and then ate his way out of the out of the belt like he didn't learn from Buster Douglas and so uh the other thing I was impressed by Anthony Joshua. He kept his trainer. A lot of people thought that was a mistake. He should have fired him, hired a new trainer after the first fight. But goes to show you, man, sometimes being loyal pays off. So that was good to see in sports. Quick question, JT. Should there be a third fight between these two guys?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I, I mean, it's, it's humorous. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> If the fat guy wins again, this is a win for quit, everyone.
0: Bro, quit calling him that. That's really kind of rude.
1: I'm saying He calls himself that. Honestly, I just want I want to see Ruiz' just fight again because I think he's a good boxer and I think he brings passion. And he doesn't care. Like he doesn't. He does it his <laughs> way. He's like, I'm not coming in in shape. And like Joshua's got like a six pack and stuff. And this dude doesn't care. And he's like, I can still knock you out. So absolutely, I want. I rather watch this than any Triple G fight ever again.
0: Ooh. Well, I, Triple G is getting older, but. So I mean don't don't take too many jabs at him but um, don't you always tell me there's no way you would call Andy Ruiz that to his face if he was in the same room with you
1: no, I mean, I don't think he could catch me, but absolutely not. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> <Dang>. man. See, <laughs> that's another. I would just tell him he's doing it big. I not know what that meant.
0: Another little
1: blow to, to Ruiz. Anyway, I agree with you. There's... No, sh- shout out to Ruiz. I, I do I do like him. I'm actually a fan of his. I like He's probably one of the few boxes i pay to watch.
0: Former heavyweight champ, man. Got to give him respect. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though. Let's see a third fight. I think it'll be good, especially if Ruiz can cut some of the weight.
1: I say gain more weight and beat him. So let's go into quick hitters and uh, – I'm going to assume you didn't get us a sponsor. Did you get us a sponsor this time? It's officially your job. I'm working on it. Damn, you sound like somebody I used to know. All right, let's make these quick. Uh, Rams flashed in a big win this week. Gurley looked like Gurley. They have a shot to make the playoffs. Do you think they'll make it?
0: No. But they'll be fine for next season. They'll get a running back. They'll be fine. But this year is a little bit too little too late.
1: I got to disagree with you. I think, they get in, I think they get in over the Vikings. And what? look at their their final three games. It's against Dallas, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. I think they'll win the Dallas and the Arizona game, and the 49ers game is a divisional game. They're familiar with that team. There's a chance they could get in. I, I think they will over the Vikings.
0: Woo, for a guy that's been dogging Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Gurley all year?
1: Wow. They give, the, they give Gurley the ball 20 times a game. I might change my opinion all right uh panthers coach ron rivera fired Ooh, tough uh which team if any should hire him dallas cowboys Mm, mistake i'm going with the jaguars he's got to go to a team that fits his mentality they're old school they have a tough defense and they have a young coachable quarterback in Minshew. i think that's a good fit um nfl replay system always always under scrutiny uh I think they missed a few calls in the Saints game. Uh, Should it be changed (laughs) after more situations in the Chiefs versus the Pats game?
0: Well, specifically in that game, it was the Harry. Oh,
1: the Nikhil Harry touchdown. He clearly was in. Clearly was was in
0: Patriots out of uh, challenges at that point. Um, Yeah, it should be changed. Why not just go to the college system? And, and speed it up, though. Speed it up. Like, while they're about to snap it, upstairs or in New York, review the play already. You don't even need the ref to go look at it. You make the decision. Buzz down. Tell them in the airpiece. Keep it moving.
1: Or just do like when you go to a football game and they have it on the four jumbotron screens. Like, they, they got the perfect angle. I don't get that. They go to that little-ass box, but they got a big-ass jumbotron. No, I don't think they should change it because I just think human error is always going to be a part of the game and it's always going to be a factor in this. The refs just need to do a better job, do a better job and get the calls right. When you when you see them on the field and when you review them and like the NFL has already come out and so said they're going to go under the hood and just kind of like redo like how these refs call their games and how they uh, how they judge them as far as their job performance. Um, let's go to golf. Presidents Cup. Who do you think will win?
0: USA. USA. You like have to say USA they're gonna take us <laughs>
1: off the airwaves. They're like the few airwaves that we're on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's USA is not close. They got twelve golfers in the top twenty five worldwide and they got five in the top ten. That's tough to beat. I agree.
0: I agree. But it's always fun and it's always competitive. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, JT, I actually got a couple quick hitters for
1: you real quick. I know, Of course, is. because we got this so quick, <laughs> it was just too quick. He just couldn't live with himself. Really
0: quick, really quick, though. David Fizdale out as Knicks coach. Thank should, God. Good for him. Should he get another shot elsewhere as a head coach?
1: Not yet. I think what he should do is he should come back to the Heat, but rebuild at, his – But re- at some point, though. Yeah, at some okay. point, absolutely. We, I think he got two bad towards yeah, with we, the Grizzlies, and then you there. went to the – the, the Knicks, so right, okay. definitely come back to the Heat, rehab himself. Um, we, side note, just to bring up that, they're saying that uh, Becky Harmon from the Spurs is a strong candidate for that job. Ooh, Becky, good. do not take it. This <laughs> will set women back for 20 years. That That,
0: that is true. That would be a tough one if they do offer it to her. Like, what does she do? Um, this is,
1: it's a setup. Do not take it, Becky. I'm, I'm pleading with you. This will set women back in sports for years.
0: <laughs> but I I'm really glad to see though that they are uh, interviewing her. That's that's a great first step if you, for her.
1: If you want sorry, sorry, no, if you really want to show that you're serious about having women head coaches, offer her a job like the Warriors. Yeah, true. True.
0: Um The other one real quick, John Beline, coach of the Cavaliers, first season, not even a quarter of the way through, coming over from the University of Michigan. JT, there's already rumors that he's lost the locker room, or at least the guys are not listening to him anymore. Is there any reason a Cleveland Cavalier player should not
1: listen to him? Absolutely not, because they're all losers. (laughs) And it's summed up perfectly. I posted this on our social media. There was a game they had, I want to say, last week. And I want to say it's uh, Colin Sexton dunked on somebody. They're down by 40, and he flexed on them. And the announcer's like, what are you flexing for? You're down by 40. Get back on defense. (laughs) Like that's the type of players you have in your <laughs> locker room. Just shut up. You should be lucky even to be in the, even to be in the NBA. Ooh. Like they should get rid of everybody. That team sucks. I think Beeline's a good coach. Get some new guys in there that actually want to play.
0: Yeah, I think he's a good coach too. Always liked him. Um wow, JT venting a little bit. Okay. So, let's go weekend predictions. The big game, JT everyone like everyone's favorite, no doubt. Army Navy Who do you have?
1: Got to go with Army.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: I'm going to go Navy. Going to go Navy here. Didn't didn't you listen to our college football expert on the last show? He's he's up there with Vegas. When those two say things, I listen.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Sorry to uh, Coach Cassidy then that I didn't – Listen to the Coach advice. C,
1: I'm <laughs> listening to you. We hired you for a reason. I'm using your advice.
0: <laughs> um, bills at Steelers. Bills. I've
1: actually, <laughs> you guys are going to run into a roadblock.
0: Yeah, I've actually got the Bills. I think that their defense is just too much for our offense. Uh, the other game, which is kind of a big game now, Texans at Titans.
1: I think the Titans get this one, and I think they get the one in two weeks from now and win a division.
0: Uh, me too, I think, well, I won't go that far yet. I like to see week by week, um, but I'll take the Titans. Real quick, JT, I know you didn't prep for this one. Who wins the Heisman? Is it still Burrow?
1: Yeah, it's still Burrow. Okay. Like, okay. There's it's no doubt about okay. it. Okay, I agree, I agree.
0: Uh Hail Mary prediction, which one you, what is your Hell Mary prediction?
1: Um, I think the Blue Jays make some serious moves. During the winter meetings, I can see them signing maybe three or four of the top fifty guys on the board. I think they make some serious. They got a young. They got a young group there, and yeah. they bring in like three or four guys. I can see them making some serious moves during the winter meetings.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I think the Nationals trade for Chris Bryant. I think they get him. All right. So this is a surprise, JT slash. Trivia time. I only got one for you JT. It's been a slow week. it's been a slow Thank week. God. so and don't look up the schedule here of the Packers, but this opponent of the Packers visited December this year
1: for the like they already they already played they them? already
0: played them. That was their first time ever visiting Lambeau Field in December. It's a tough Wa- one to believe. It's Washington. Yes. Can you believe okay. that? The history of those two yes. teams.
1: Th- That's crazy.
0: It isn't it December. First time they've ever been at Lambeau Field in December. Like to me, that is crazy. Great job. You finally got one. should have a bell.
1: Well, you kind of you kind of gave me the answer. <laughs> but I feel like it was a slap in the face because you know that Darius Geis went down that game and that cost me a fantasy playoff. So, but thank you. See how nice he is to me? He's always reminded me of my failures.
0: Ladies and gentlemen at home. That
1: was not planned That Those were
0: not my intentions. Not my intentions. Nobody believes you. <laughs> well, JT, great episode to the fans out there. Thank you for listening as always. And please remember to subscribe to us, JT and The Dawn. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast shows and please remember if you like what we do give us a five star review and JT if you don't like what we do please still give us a five star review and please also follow us on social media our handle at JT and the Dawn. we can be found on Instagram Twitter and Facebook and as always JT until the next episode see ya peace